turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Good afternoon or good morning or however you listen to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. It's on right now on AM 970, The Answer. We do have people that don't listen live to the program. They listen at other times, and we appreciate that. We've got another great show for you tonight. Of course, some craft beer guests that will be joining me this hour. Usual news and notes to get to and some good news and notes uh, for those of you in the craft beer uh, land and uh, fans and industry and et cetera, et cetera. But first, how can you follow me? Easy on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T. U-double-L-O, Facebook.com slash AGCraftBeerCast via email at albertgnnycradio.com. Don't forget Google Play and iTunes. As I mentioned, you can uh, listen to the show anytime that you want. You just go to uh, Google Play or iTunes. You do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and then you can download and listen to every single episode right there. And it's great, great. Download a bunch before you get on a plane and you go somewhere and whatever, and you can learn all about uh, craft beer, great interviews, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Now, our guests uh, this evening on the Craft Beer Cast. First up, Josh Death, which might be the coolest name out there, who is the chairman of the party at Revolution Brewing out of Chicago. Their beer is only served in a handful of states, New York and New Jersey, being just two of the seven. Josh is going to talk all about the brewery, how he got started, lessons he's learned. That's coming up in just about 10 minutes. And this is a guy who started literally at the bottom of the barrel. Okay, he's got a great story. I got a chance to meet Josh uh, two months ago over at Paragon Tap and Table, my favorite place in Clark, New Jersey, to go and uh, have great food and, of course, drink delicious craft beer. It's how I found out about a lot of the craft beer uh, that is out there as well, local, national, uh, wherever. But um, uh, Josh was there for a, uh, a tasting party. They were having a tap takeover and got a chance to chat with him informally uh, over a couple of Revolution beers. And let me tell you something. These guys put out a great product. Josh is coming up just about 10 minutes from now, and we will chat with him all about Revolution Brewing. At the bottom of the hour, Jeremy Myers, the head brewer from Neshaminy Creek Brewing, he's going to be on to tell us all about what's going on with this Croydon, Pennsylvania brewery. They just had their fifth anniversary a few weeks back. That's coming up about 20 minutes from now. And uh, they had a great chance to uh, sample as well some of Neshaminy Creek's beers over at Paragon Tap and Table this past week. The lovely Danielle, who is their rep uh, in New Jersey. Uh, very nice to see her again. And, of course, uh, great to drink some of the Chamonix Creek beers. We'll get to those uh, in a uh, future Suds and Duds segment. Might happen uh, on this week's show. Might not. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. There has been a bunch of different beers that I've drank over the last week and a half that I really want to get to uh, for you folks so that you got, so, you know, we got Fourth of July coming up. Lots of good things coming up, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And summer's coming, and you want to talk about summer beers, we're going to be talking uh, to a guy who uh, knows all about New Jersey beers and uh, give us uh, – give 
you know, his thoughts about some great summer Jersey beers coming up on next week's program, the July 1st edition. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Peter Kulos uh, from Jersey Bites uh, will join us on next week's program. That's on July 1st, Saturday, July 1st. So uh, the big, one of the big stories locally in the area in New Jersey, workers uh, at Shorepoint Distributing Company in Freehold, they are back on the job. An agreement was reached uh, to end the seven-week lockout. Started back in April, uh, the deal uh, gives workers a union medical plan, more money towards their 401ks. Uh, the company delivers craft beer to bars and restaurants in eight counties in New Jersey. This was a big deal because uh, there was such a stink from the fact that these guys were on strike and that the uh, the company itself, Shorepoint, was distri- was trying to you know deliver their beer uh, to their various bars and places that they represent, that in Belmar, the mayor actually stopped them from coming in because they were having a big Belmar festival. Uh, I think it was a, a, a shrimp festival or something like that, and apparently beer was going to be served there. And the mayor of Belmar, New Jersey, said, no, I don't want your beer, not until you resolve your issue with your workers. And they had other places come in to bring beer to the event. So uh, you know, listen, it's great that they came up with an agreement. It's great that these guys are back to work. Apparently, I believe, as the story goes, uh, they lost a few people. I think they have 110 full-time employees. They lost 10 because they needed medical coverage. They couldn't have a gap in their medical coverage. So uh, they went and wor- uh, took jobs elsewhere, and unfortunately, the workforce had to be reduced a little bit. But as the union rep said, you know, hopefully within you know uh, a short period of time, they'll get that back up to uh, where they need it. So kudos to Shorepoint and the union for coming together and uh, coming up with an agreement so that these guys can get back to work. Seven weeks is a long time. You're making a certain amount of money. Uh, you're on a tight income. Bills need to be paid. Very difficult. I, I, part of the story, I'm guessing, is the fact that, you know, the, uh, the, the, the people that actually work in the office at Shorepoint had to start doing the deliveries. Maybe they saw how difficult it was getting those things out there. So kudos uh, to Shorepoint and the union for getting uh, an agreement uh, worked out and getting these guys back to work. That is always good news. The other big news, uh, this more national than local, Bourbon County Stout. For you lovers, you've got even more beer to hunt for next year, 2017. This year, Goose Island revealed back on June 12th a total of seven, that's seven, variants are going to be released. Um, The 2017 Bourbon County releases, they will include Bourbon County Brand Stout, Bourbon County Brand Barley Wine, and Bourbon County Brand Stout Coffee. Those are the three. The Proprietor's Brand Stout equated this year to Bananas Foster. That's pretty cool. Let's see if I can get my hands on that. Northwood Stout, the new national variant with blueberry and almond. Two brand new additions as well to the lineup. Bourbon County Reserve brand Stout and Bourbon County Reserve brand Barley Wine. This is part of the new Goose Island Reserve series featuring especially aged one-time only releases of the original brands. This year's Goose Island Reserve series, uh, let's see, include the two variants which I just mentioned, Bourbon County Reserve brand stout aged in Knob Creek barrels. That's pretty cool. Just in time for their 25th anniversary in Bourbon County Reserve brand barley wine. That is aged in 35-year-old Heaven Hill barrels for 20 months. Uh, for the core brands, the barrels for 2017 are single-sourced, second-use, fresh, unrinsed bourbon barrels ranging in age from 5 to 7 years. Um, the, the 2017 Bourbon County release dates were not announced but you can keep up with them and other Goose Island releases on the Goose Island blog. So if you're a fan of Goose Island and their Bourbon County uh, stouts, this is definitely good news. Now, again, I, I get the you get the argument all the time. Goose Island is a sellout. I'm not going to buy their product anymore. Okay, that's great. But apparently there are a lot of people that still buy them, and it's interesting. Um, in New Jersey, liquor stores barely get in orders of Bourbon County uh, stout. I mean, really, it's like... You know, the holy grail if you get one and the the markup is unbelievable and, you know, people are angry and whatever. Okay, I get it. 
You come to New York, though, and last year I go over to the Whole Foods uh, up the street from where we uh, we do the show out of the studios in uh, Lower Manhattan, and there was, I'm not kidding, just a regular Bourbon County Stout, no variants, nothing. Like, actually, I think there was a variant. I think the barley wine was there as well. But I'm talking cases and cases of it just sitting there out on display for nine ninety nine a bottle. I remember pulling up. I couldn't find a place to park. I put my hazards on. I ran in. Uh, grabbed four bottles, purchased them, ran back out the door. I think I was in my first month of chemo, so and it was pouring rain, and I still ended up getting uh, a couple of bottles of it. So I get it. The struggle is real for people that are trying to get this stuff. Uh, you know, And obviously the variant's very difficult to get. Now you're talking about seven variants that are going to be out there. It is going to be very difficult to get this. But let me tell you something. They age well. I've had... Um, uh, two, you know, I, I gave two bottles out to friends for as presents. I still have two bottles from last year. I have a bo- I believe I still have a bottle uh, from the year before. So I'm interested to try the bottle from two years ago. Maybe this summer we'll crack one open uh, during a barbecue or something, uh, just to see what happens. But again, I, I, listen, I get it. You sell out, that blah blah, whatever. If you like them, you're going to go out and buy them. If you're going to, you know, be adamant about not buying stuff that is not truly quote unquote craft beer, I understand that as well. I, you know, I hate to, you know. Listen, we can all get along here. The beer is the beer. It's still good. You may think that there are changes, and there might, and there just well might be. But to me, if I like a particular brand like Blue Point Brewing, I'm still going to support them and still buy them, even though I know that that money is going into the hands of InBev. I still enjoy their beer, and I still want to buy their beer. Uh, picked up a six-pack of Summer Ale not too long ago because I enjoy their Summer Ale. Blue Point Summer Ale is really good. We're going to get into summer beers, though, on next week's program. A lot of good stuff for the summertime uh, that is coming out from a variety of different places, whether it's New Jersey or nationally as well. Now, Single Cut Beer Smiths out of Queens, New York, they made the announcement recently they will soon be distributing their beer in Rhode Island. Very cool for them. Just a few months back, Single Cut hit the Garden State. Now they're soon to be in Rhode Island. Very cool out of the guys from Single Cut. They make some great local beer uh, you know, again, if you find that it's a little pricey, and that's that's what you pay for, you're paying for the fact that this beer is fresh, it's delicious, single cut, they do a fantastic job. Kudos to them uh, for hitting uh, Rhode Island is another part of their distribution network. And finally, Forgotten Boardwalk, their first Firkin Friday, uh, July 7th, it's going to feature their latest creation, Sex on the Beach. It's, our, it's their funnel cake conditioned with peach, cranberry, and orange juice. Uh, tapping begins at 4 o'clock on July 7th. And Not Your Mama's Tacos is going to be outside the food truck so that you can buy f- uh, food there. And Saturday, July 15th, marks the 101 years later since the infamous shark attacks of 1916. They're going to host a shark attack IPA event on that day starting at 12 noon. A full lineup of IPAs including this year's brand new 101 years later. A full tap listing and event details to be announced, and as soon as we get that information from Forgotten Boardwalk, uh, Boardwalk down in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, uh, we will get it to you. When we come back after a short break, Josh Death from Revolution Brewing out of Chicago, Illinois, will join me. Folks, just getting started on this program focuses on that delicious beverage, and it's made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Joe Piscopo here, and I'm inviting you to a special AM 970 night at Broadway's new hit musical, A Bronx Tale, on Friday, June 30th at 8 p.m. 
See the show that AM New York calls a combination of Jersey Boys and West Side Story. And then stay for an exclusive cast talkback hosted by me, Joe Piscopo. AM 970 listeners also get a special discount. Just go to telechargeoffers.com and use the promo code BXAM970. That's BXAM970. So join me Friday night, June 30th, for the AM 970 Night on Broadway at a Bronx Tale. Tired of struggling with unwanted weight? Unhappy in your own skin? Well, you're not alone. Dr. Melinda Keller is here to help. I was once exactly where you were until I found the Brooklyn Wellness Center Weight Loss Program. Lose 20 to 40 pounds in 40 days guaranteed. I did. No drugs, no shots, no surgery. It's all natural and doctor supervised. Call 718-234-6212 or go to weightlossbrooklyn.net. Mention AM970 and save $100. And now visit them at their new second location in Staten Island, located at 1567 Richmond Road. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and senior should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-725-1616 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-725-1616. That's 800-725-1616. Employees of J.D. Melberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. Theanswer.com. Yeah, why not a little Bo Diddley to start off this segment here? Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. And, of course, via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget, we're on Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can listen to every one of the Craft Beer Casts right from there. So a little Bo Diddley, a little Chicago blues, and the reason why. My next guest on the cast, the owner of the largest independently owned brewery in the state of Illinois, Revolution Brewing, has been open since 2010. It's only distributed in a handful of states besides Illinois, most recently in New Jersey that started back in April. RevBrew.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome in the chairman of the party. That's right, Josh Death to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Josh, welcome. Yeah, how's it going, Al? It's going good. Now, Josh, you started in the brewery business over 20 years ago at, at the now-closed Golden Prayer Brewing. You started at the very bottom. Was this always a dream for you to open your own brewery? Yeah, you know, I started out in college. A friend loaned me a homebrew kit, so started brewing up in the kitchen. Had a lot of friends in college who were willing taste testers, and uh, the beer wasn't so hot in the first couple batches, but got better and better, and it's fun, you know, there was a time in which it turn from kind of a hobby into, hey, maybe I could make a job out of this in life. You know, when you're in college, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. And sure. 
and it kind of evolved into that. I got a lucky break cleaning kegs at a brewery when I was 20 years old and grew from there. Isn't that always how it is? I mean, when I started in the radio business, it was a lucky break of getting an internship at a rock station here uh, in New York City that kind of propelled me, you know, to go forward. But I, I, I kind of... I knew what I wanted to do at a very early age when you're in college. It's very difficult uh, when you're getting out of high school and in college not figuring out or not knowing what you want to do. So it's really cool when you know early on what it is that you want to do and you pursue that passion. Now, you worked at Goose Island. You tried a few times to open your own brewery, and those didn't work out, and you're having success now at Revolution. What's the one lesson you took away from those earlier setbacks that has helped your business today? Yeah, mostly it was like, you know, just gaining the experience personally. I had never, I had brewed beer, you know, when I was young working in breweries, but I had never run a business, so I knew nothing about, you know, what what the right cost for a beer or the, the, how much labor you needed, you know, wh- how to go to market or anything like that. And right. so I just spent a lot of time learning from others and working your way up um, the totem pole or the ladder here at, you know, in the in the brewing world. You can't just go do everything right away. You got to learn from the elders. And a lot of what we do in our success at Revolution, it's built on the success that breweries like Goose Island had, and um, and they built over time. You know, they had to explain to their customers, you know, all the time what an IPA was. And now we come along here uh, seven years ago when we opened our doors, and we don't have to start explaining what an IPA is and tell the story of the ships coming back from India. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, we just we just talk about the hops and talk about the, the beer that we're making. Well, do you find, Josh, that that brewers are more educated now? People that come in the door, they're more educated as to what they want from their palate. Brewers, you mean like? Well, no, 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 no. I mean, g- general people that are coming in, not so much brewers, but people, yeah. you know, the everyday people that come in. Oh, very much so. Yeah, people are much more educated, and it's been a concerted effort by breweries and bars and. Even like bottle shops, you had a lot of cool, you know, neighborhood craft beer bottle shops these days that are on the forefront of education. People are coming in, able to taste, and they can also they can buy, you know, ten, twelve different varieties of beer, single bottles, little six packs. Right. You know, the mix, mix a six pack thing at your local grocery store that some places have. That's a great way for people to taste and experiment and learn what they like. And then when they come into your restaurant, your brewery. They know a little bit more about it. We still love to have the conversation at our brew pub with customers when they come in. Right. Have, you know, you know what, what kind of beers do you like and help guide their, their choices. But we find more and more so that people know what they want when they come in the door these days. I agree with you 100% on that on the mix six-pack. That is definitely the way if you want to sample different things uh, to get in the cra- into, into a craft beer mode. Talking with Josh Death, he's the owner of Revolution Brewing, two locations in Chicago, Illinois. One is a brew pub, the other the brewery itself. Revbrew.com, the website for more information on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Josh, was it always the choice uh, to build a brew pub to start rather than just a brewery? That was like the model we followed. You know, I'd opened up a restaurant and a bar and grill before I opened up Revolution and found some success with that. I sold that to my manager, and she runs the place now. It's called The Handlebar. It's a cool neighborhood, mostly vegetarian place in Chicago. And so I had this restaurant thing going, and I love the brew pub to start out with because you get the maximum kind of exposure and engagement to your customers. They come in, and it's like you're welcoming them into your living room, your dining room, and it's all about having a good time. People come for positive good times. You can have, we got 18 different beers on tap at the brew pub these days, plus a cast conditioned ale all the time. Mm-hmm. And we give the variety. And then we also bring our A game when it comes to the food. We make everything from scratch at our brew pub in Chicago. We've got four people in our pastry team making the burger buns, making the desserts, making our house made pretzels. So we just put love in everything we do. And the brew pub gives you a chance to do that. And then we could build 
the name of Revolution. People learned about our beers, and then when we went to bring them to other bars and to go to the store mm. with our beers, people were familiar with it. Like, oh yeah, I visited there once. I had a great time. Maybe I'll try their IPA at the store. Nice. That really helped. Nice. Now, last month, something that was very cool for you guys and for craft beer in general, Revolution Brewing was the featured beer for the Chicago White Sox homestand over Memorial Day weekend. How was the reception there? It was good. We actually had a, we closed down the brew pub for the day and had a staff outing at the game on uh, the Tuesday after Memorial Day, which is usually a kind of a pretty mellow day for the restaurant world because everyone's going back to work after spending the weekend partying. And we had a great time. You know, here in Chicago, we've got two teams, just like you have out in New York. And uh, on the north side of town, they've got a lot of press these days. And, you know, it, it's it's almost exclusively Budweiser products at Wrigley Field. And there's just they don't, they don't carry our beer up there. The White Sox on the south side have been carrying our beer for four years now. Wow. And they've, they've been building up, supporting a lot of the local craft brewers, giving people choice. And, you know, the stadium isn't as full on the south side as it is on the north side all sure. the time. You know, and the baseball can be equally good on both sides. And, you know, it wasn't like uh, 12 years ago the White Sox won the World Series, too. So right. it was an opportunity to, to grow our relationship with the White Sox and have a presence. So we actually had the guys uh, cracking our IPA cans. The Hawkers were selling them in the seats, which was really fun. Cool. They've got this new craft cave there and the outfield bar where you can go down and they've got coolers full of local craft beer, yes. and you just pick out what you want, and you check out, and it's a pretty innovative thing that they're doing on the south side. That is very cool. The Mets do something similar to that at City Field. They have a, a huge stand out in the middle of center field where you can get you know hundreds of craft beers uh, from all across the country, which is very cool. And, and uh, it seems that more stadiums are doing that these days, and that is awesome because, you, again, again, you get to discover uh, craft beer, some people for the first time. And I know there's a you know, markup, obviously, at the stadium and stuff, but it, that is a really cool thing that you can, you can sit at a baseball game and you don't necessarily have to have a Bud or a Coors Light, which is very cool. We're talking with Josh Death, the owner of Revolution Brewing, two locations in Chicago, Illinois. One's a brew pub, the other the brewery itself, RevBrew.com, the website for more information. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970, The Answer. Josh, your beer is only in a handful of states, including New York and New Jersey, seven uh, total, if I'm not mistaken. Was this always the plan to go, uh, to go slow and steady? Yeah, and uh, we're certainly not trying to build ourselves up to a national brewery or anything like that. We're only in seven states. We're in um, states in, you know, of course, Illinois, where we're based. We still sell 80% of our beer in the Chicagoland area. In craft beer, it's all about local these days, and right. so we're really strong in Chicago. We're our, our closest to the source, but it's important for us to get out of town and introduce more people to the Revolution beers, especially our great IPAs that we're making. They're really in demand, and so we've focused on big cities. So we're in uh, Cleveland, uh, Columbus, and Ohio has been a good market for us. I grew up in Boston, so we came out to Boston a little over a year ago, and we worked on the city, New York City, and we added in Jersey most recently because it's just a great fit for for sending beer to New York, sending some more beer to Jersey, and people around there get used to Revolution beer. Yeah, and I have I have to say I appreciate it. It was it was great meeting you a couple months ago when you were in Jersey uh, over at my local establishment. The beers there were fantastic. The Antihero was great. Uh, the um, what else did I have there? I had, the one's enough. Oh my goodness, man, is that a good? <laughs> yeah, beer. It's an, uh, yeah, it's an eleven percent. That's just kind of like a beer for fun. Oh, what is it? Eleven percent Imperial IPA, and we put it in the twelve ounce cans, and uh, one is enough. But you know, sometimes you have a couple of them. But it's a, it's a real strong beer. We love to do stuff like that for fun. You know, it's not beer you're going to have every day. Most part, most of what we're trying to do at Revolution is make your everyday beers, beers that you really like to have, 
you finish an IPA and you're like, you know, I'll have another one of those because I really like that. That was smooth and easy drinking, well-balanced. That's our brewmaster, Jim Seebeck. He takes a lot of pride in making well-balanced beers, and he's a great recipe craftsman. And it's very important to bring the hop flavor, which everybody wants right now, but also make the beer uh, drinkable, essentially. Yep, and and I'm I'm trying to think. I think my friend and I had more than one is enough because we we just, for us, one wasn't enough. We had to have one more. Thankfully, we were only a few minutes away from our houses, so it was actually a good thing that we kind of had something to eat and and chilled out a little bit after that. But I'll tell you, you guys make some great stuff. It is awesome uh, that you guys are now in the state of New Jersey that uh, you can, uh, you know, uh, definitely get out there and get to your local uh, stores, liquor stores, to pick up Revolution Brewing. Finally, last question for me, Josh, your favorite style of beer to drink? You know, I'm an IPA drinker when it comes down to it, just like it seems like everyone else these days, not everyone, but that's what's really strong for us. Probably like 75% of the beers we sell are some form of pale ale or IPA. There's just so many different hops. What is propelled craft beer, I believe, in the last 10 years has been the innovation, all these new varieties of hops, like citra hops and mosaic hops. There's experimental hop varieties we're getting into. And so we have like 40 different hops that, you know, that we have available to us to put into recipes. Sometimes we'll blend them. Sometimes we'll do a uh, single hop beer. And that's where we're getting this great variety of flavor. And so every time you crack open an IPA, they're not all the same. You get that variety, but you get that nice pine fruit flavor of the hops, and that's what I go for most of the time. Awesome. Talking with my guest has been Josh Death, the chairman of the party of Revolution Brewing. Two locations in Chicago, Illinois. One's a brew pub. The other one is the brewery itself. Revbrew.com, the website for more information. Josh, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Cheers. You got it. When we come back, Jeremy Myers from Neshaminy Creek Brewing jumps on board. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's mostly clear, 81 degrees. What's going on? We at The Answer. Police are saying that driver who plowed into a tavern on Long Island early today in a violent crash was drunk. Michael Bauer reports. 23-year-old Michelle Massey was driving a 2002 Audi that plowed into the Bruise Brothers Grill on Franklin Avenue and Franklin Square, destroying his car and hurting two passengers. Massey was charged with driving while intoxicated, assault, criminal mischief, and reckless driving. The car also hit a utility pole, causing the power lines to fall and the Allstate Insurance Company next to the tavern to also be damaged. Firefighters had to use the jaws of life to get three people out of the car. The two passengers were injured. One suffered a bruised lung and the other a broken rib. Massey suffered cuts to his shoulders and was treated at a hospital. Michael Bauer, NBC News Radio, New York. The Brooklyn District Attorney is looking to upgrade charges against the father who allegedly beat his little girl to death on Father's Day. Hospital officials say Nyla Lewis passed away shortly before 11 yesterday morning. The girl's father, 18-year-old Shaquan Taylor, has already been jailed and charged with several counts of assault and injuring a child. New Jersey Democratic Senator Robert Menendez lashing out at Senate Republicans for their version of the health care overhaul. Speaking at the Newark Community Health Center yesterday, Menendez warned that the bill increases deductibles and hits families with higher out-of-pocket costs. In sports, the Yankees lost to Texas 8-1, to the Mets and the Giants scoreless in the third. Checking the traffic, 30 minutes outbound at the Holland, 15 to 20 minutes in from the turnpike and 1-9. and Lincoln still at 15 to 20 in the outbound direction. No delay at the George Washington Bridge and a 30-minute delay at the Midtown Tunnel with the Manhattan-bound North Tube closed this weekend for construction. We also have a crash on the right lane, West Side Highway North at 158th Street and another one northbound north of Riverside Drive. You now
now know how not to go. The weather forecast for tonight, going to see clear and less humid conditions, low 70. Sunday, mostly sunny, high of 85. And Monday, partly sunny, high of 80. I'm Dave Banning, AM 970, The Answer. Kyle is a professional dog trainer. Sit down. Roll over. Good. When it comes to canine obedience, he's your best friend's best friend. Such a good girl. And in his personal time, Kyle's a personal trainer. Nice work on those planks, guys. Now roll over and give me 25 push-ups. One, two, good. Hey, keep that caboose down. You see, no matter who or what he trains, Kyle knows how to get results. But when it comes to mortgages, he's less confident. Guilty as charged. Fortunately for Kyle, there's Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. It's simple, so he can understand the details and know he's getting the right mortgage. I like it, people. Who wants a treat? Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. Go to rocketmortgage.com today. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news, what it means, and why it matters. Weeknights at 5 on AM 970. The answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo. Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T T U L L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Of course, via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, we are available on Google Play and iTunes. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can listen to all of the Craft Beer Casts right from there. Now, my next guest on the cast, he's the head brewer of a brewery located in Croydon, Pennsylvania. They've just recently celebrated their fifth anniversary as a brewery. NashamaneCreekBrewing.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome in Jeremy Myers to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Jeremy, welcome. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. You got it. Now, we'll get to the anniversary stuff in uh, in a moment, but first... How did Neshaminy Creek get its start? Uh, I mean, I guess like a lot of other brewers, um, uh, I mean, to be honest, I never actually got into brewing at all to be uh, to start my own brewery. I, I was really content on staying and, and working at other breweries, but just really a chance conversation with uh, my one my one partner, Rob. Actually, mutual friends of Rob and I, um, you know, just a conversation with them about brewing and what I was planning on doing since I had just left uh, River Horse over at a time uh, when they were still in Lambertville. I had just left there and was having a conversation with two mutual friends of Rob and I, and uh, it just kind of worked out that, you know, like every other, you know, goofy brewer out there, I've always, you know, I ha- had a little, you know, never planned on it, but I had an idea in the back of my head of st- starting a brewery and then. From talking to these, you know, to, to these guys, you know, they were like, "Well, you should really talk to Rob because I think Rob wants to start start something too." You know, and at the time, Rob was uh, substitute teaching, had gone to Rowan uh, to be a teacher, and was uh, substitute teaching in South Jersey, and, and realized that he didn't want to do that. And so, uh, just this chance conversation between two mutual friends, Rob and I, then you know, started talking. Rob and I have known each other, you know, for a few years, and. So I, I really I, I texted Rob and said, "Hey, uh, I hear you have this uh, funny idea of not wanting to be a teacher and be a brewer. Uh, you know, well, it's kind of funny because, you know, I, I'm you know looking for something new now, and if you're interested, let's sit down and talk. And then, you know, uh, that was actually in March of 2010, and we really started to kick things off in uh, June of 2012. Uh, June of 2010, when we applied for our federal taxpayer 
number and all that. And then, uh, you know, fast forward two years after that, we actually got our license, uh, our federal and the state, everything was all approved and we were able to, to operate. Weirdly enough, uh, two years to the day from the day we actually got our uh, our taxpayer notification number. So we opened June first, two thousand and twelve, and it's been five crazy, crazy years since then. Wow, that that is pretty wild. And the fact that you were, you know, you didn't have because most people that I've interviewed that are you know running breweries or 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 you know own a brewery, whatever, they always had that. In, you know, it was always at the forefront. Like I want to be a brewer, and then I want to eventually own my own business. The fact that you didn't, and then kind of took that that path towards it, is pretty cool. And now you had an unpaid internship with River Horse Brewing back in 2008. What did you take away from that experience that has so helped can, the Chamonix Creek today? The way it started is uh, I, you know, I decided that I was you know, going to take the, the leap and take the jump from being a, a home brewer to a commercial you know, production professional brewer. And uh, you know, I just did some research and found that there was a few uh, brew schools that, you know, it's not, I always make a joke that this, this isn't something that, you know, you really talk about with your guidance counselor in high school when you're 60 years old saying like, hey, I want to be a brewer, you know, <laughs> right. I want to make beer for a living. So it's not a conversation you have early on. So I did a little bit of research and realized and found out that there actually are some places where you can go and, and get some professional training. So, um, you know, I didn't want to go into brew school just with the homebrew experience. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, you know, I felt like it, it would be a good idea since I had a few months I was going to be going to brew school in the fall. But, you know, if I could find a, a spot, you know, that would, you know, let me come in and, and learn the ropes a little bit and, you know, get my feet wet, that'd be great. So I sent my resume out to six breweries. It just happened that, uh, you know, I landed at, at Riverhorse in, in May of 2008. And I left for school in September, end of September 2008, and, and actually uh, the week before I left for school, they offered me a full, full-time position upon my return. So the internship, you know, unpaid internship turned into me going from that to school to, to having a full-time position when I got back. So it worked out to my benefit. That is pretty um, cool. Yeah, so I was really lucky and fortunate. I, you know, I can't thank the guys, you know, at, at River Horse enough. I met, you know, made some some lifelong friendships there as well. And it's been like I never really intended to to, to leave and start my own brewery. It just kind of worked out that way. I mean, I actually had been uh, interviewing at a few other spots when uh, this chance conversation between myself and Rob happened. So it's been kind of crazy how it all worked out. Talking with Jeremy Myers, the head brewer at Neshaminy Creek Brewing, located in Croydon, Pennsylvania. NeshaminyCreekBrewing.com is the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Jeremy, congratulations on the five-year anniversary of the brewery this past June 10th. How was the party, and how was Fivefold Pillow, uh, the anniversary ale you, uh, you released, received? I was really happy this year was the, the anniversary event because, I mean, usually we get a little little stressed out and a little hectic and crazy, you know, the week and especially the, the days and hours leading up to it because it's gotten to the point now where the event's going from a, a small anniversary event, you know, in back when we first started, we didn't actually have a tap room and on, you know, an on, on-site tap room at the brewery because Pennsylvania law didn't allow it. But it's grown from, you know, this little event in the brewery, you know, in our brewery, our, our building, uh, in the parking lot to, you know, in the first year, you know, a couple hundred people, the second year, you know, a thousand or so. And, you know, we had a big tent set out set up out in the, the parking lot so now we actually you know we have so much space at the brewery we've taken over the, the adjacent space to the, to the left of our, our building now we have 60,000 square feet with a loading dock in the back so now we have all this extra space and especially we we, we, we you know every year now we reach out to the township and we get a block permit for the the, the street um in the back of the building where our loading docks are so we you know, we have all the food trucks that's about there, and we have the bands play on the loading dock, and then we have the, the taps and everything in, inside, and, and, and you know the tents and everything. So it's gotten pretty crazy, but the, the nice thing is, you know, we've kind of got you know become old hat at it now. So it, I wasn't nearly as stressed out this year as the day before, even the morning of. 
um, you know, setting everything up, and everything went really smoothly. I was really, really happy this year. You know, we've gotten really good. We have a great group of volunteers every year that help out. And I think everyone, you know, so many people have done it now so many years in a row that it's, it's you know, it's it's not nearly as crazy as it was the, the first couple of years. And, Jeremy, do you remember which keg kicked first? Uh, you know, I wasn't on the taps at all this year because I, I – I usually gravitate towards helping out with the PA system because that's a little bit of my background. So right. I, you know, and with the, you know, this year we had five bands play, and we have a pretty decent sized, uh, you know, sound system here that we have to set up. And so this year, in years past, I, you know, I, I, I'm always sort of a little bit focused on that more than other things. Um, but you know, I'm usually running around like a maniac in here. This year, I wasn't really on the on the taps as much. I know. Uh, I could tell you which which kegs were kicking pretty quickly last year, but this year I, I wasn't on the taps as much, so I don't, I'm not certain. If I had to guess, just based on some of the feedback I had, a lot of people were really enjoying them. Uh, we have a brand new um, a brand new Hellas Lager that we've uh, brewed for this year, and then the Kolsch, and then we have a brand new German Alt beer that you know I had a lot of people come up to me and say that they really enjoyed all three of those. So, which makes you know that warms my heart because um you know we definitely take a lot of influence from a lot of German styles. Um, so when people come up and, and talk to me and tell me how much they like those beers, it makes me so good. <laughs> good, and I, and I want to get into that in just a second. We're talking with Jeremy Myers, the head brewer at Neshaminy Creek Brewing. They're located in Croydon, Pennsylvania. Just celebrated their fifth anniversary as a brewery, neshaminycreekbrewing.com. Their, that's their website for more information. And you gravitate towards German-style beers as your favorites, uh, Jeremy. Summertime almost here. What's your favorite style of beer to drink when it's hot out? Ah, uh, definitely Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen is by far my favorite beer. I mean, it's my favorite beer to drink regardless of the time of year. I, I can drink a Hefeweizen or maybe a, a Dunkelweizen, um, you know, especially as the weather gets a little bit cooler. But I'm a big fan of wheat beers, so that's something I, I, I really enjoy a lot. Now, Jeremy, your beers can be found throughout New Jersey along with Pennsylvania, Delaware, and New York. Very impressive after just five years. Has it been difficult in the process of getting your beers into uh, bars in Pennsylvania and expanding outward, or are you taking it at a, a much at a slower process to to make sure that the quality of the beer stands up? Um, I would say it's been I mean just difficult from the standpoint that you know especially when we enter into a new territory or area, whether we're talking about central and western Pennsylvania or like even now in the Hudson Valley or the five boroughs. Um, where we're now selling beer, like, you know, just familiarizing people with our brand and letting them know, you know, who we are and what we do. That's the biggest challenge because there's really been a, a, a huge shift in, 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 in the brewing landscape in the last couple of years where there's such a focus on local beer, which is great because that's what we are. You know, for right. us, I mean, you know, we're not local. Obviously, we're not a New York brand, you know, but we're just 90 miles down the road. So we're not that far. So for us, that's sort of a natural extension of where we want to be and where, you know, where we want to have beer. You know, for us, we don't have the intention or any designs on being a, a large regional or national brand for us, you know, where we are right now. We might add some increased distribution in central and western New York and maybe Maryland and, like, Washington, D.C. in the next year or so. But, you know, right now we, we, we don't want to move into a territory unless we feel like we can supply and make enough beer for the territories that we're currently in. So right now we're sort of on that edge. Uh, we have – couple of brewery expansions we're working on that are, you know, we're hoping that can help us, uh, you know, continue to meet demand in, in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. But, you know, for us, we don't want to, you know, we've never really had designs on being this massively large brewery. You know, for us, it's all about being local. We want our beer to be sold within like 100 to 150 miles of the brewery, and that's really, really important to us. Very cool. And, Jeremy, last question for me. What's the next big release from Neshaminy in the coming months? Uh, the next release, we have a new, uh, a new, another release tomorrow of our In the Midnight Sour, which is our, um, this this particular batch is a 24 age, 24 month aged uh, Belgian double, uh, conditioned on uh, cherries and raspberries. It was in uh, 
wine barrels for two years uh, with bacteria and, and uh, some other uh, wild yeast um, for the souring process. Um, I'm really excited about that. It's one of my favorite beers. It's uh, a lot of fun to make and a lot of fun to drink. It's really, especially this time of year, it's a really refreshing beer to drink. And then, uh, I mean, we're getting we're getting ready to start brewing our beers for uh, Great American Beer Fest. So we'll, we're going to obviously uh, enter in our, our Churchill Lager, which has won two medals in the past. And we're hoping we can repeat again this year with our, our German rock beer, which is called Croydon is Burning. Uh, and then we have a few other, and we're definitely going to enter in our Hellas this year. I'm pretty excited about that. And then we're figuring out right now what we're going to, because we actually have to sign up for GABF next year. So, I mean, next week rather. So we have to figure out what beers we're going to want to enter. But I think we have them all nailed down and whatnot. So we're getting ready for all that stuff. And, and I mean, over the course of the next couple months, we have uh, some limited and seasonal beers that, uh, that we're going to be doing. Uh, one, I'm really, we did a batch up last year I'm really happy with, which is a blueberry goza. Uh, that we use. Uh, this particular batch is going to have 700 pounds of fresh-picked uh, New Jersey blueberries. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that one. And, I mean, you know, we have a brand-new brew pub, uh, a new, new location uh, about 35 minutes west of here in Jenkintown opening. Or it actually is open now, but we're getting ready to start brewing on premise. Uh, end of July, beginning of August, which I'm, I'm really excited about because we're going to be able to have between six to six to ten uh, location-specific beers that we're only going to make uh, on-site there and only make them available there. They'll only be available on draft, no canning or packaging and whatnot. So, I mean, nice. the amount of new beers we have coming is going to be pretty pretty crazy. I mean, I, I'm always coming up with, with stupid ideas for beers, and you know, it's like one of those things where I get bored, I just make a recipe. You yeah. know, I mean, it's, no. you know, I've, surprisingly enough, I haven't actually done anything, you know, recipe-wise today with the Internet and phone being out at the brewery right. uh, waiting for Verizon to come fix it. But usually, like, the last time I had power out of my house, I just sat on my porch, my front yard, for, uh, you know, my front porch in, my, in front of my house for about two hours waiting for the power to come back on just writing recipes. So, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. My guest has been Jeremy Myers, the head brewer at Neshaminy Creek Brewing, located in Croydon, Pennsylvania. NeshaminyCreekBrewing.com is the website for more information. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. You got it. When we come back, it's time for Suds and Duds. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Monday, July 17th at Vesuvio Restaurant, 7305 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. At Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Tuesday, July 18th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And on Thursday, July 20th at the Montauk Club, 25 8th Avenue in Park Slope, Brooklyn at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. A Bronx Tale is Broadway's new hit musical. And now, it's a New York Times critic's pick. Directed by Robert De Niro and Jerry Zaks, based on the story by Chaz Palminteri. AM New York hails it as a combination of Jersey Boys and West Side Story. A Bronx Tale, Broadway's new hit musical. Get your tickets today at telecharge.com. AM 9-7, The Answer.
final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Don't forget, email at albertg at nycradio.com, and iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single show. Now, Suds and Duds, of course, the segment where I discuss the various beers that I've had over the past few, uh, you know, week, week and a half or so, and I tell you what I think is a Suds and what I think is a Dud. And uh, we've got a bunch of beers to get to, some of them local in New Jersey, some of them elsewhere, so let's dive right into it. A couple weeks ago, uh, Departed Souls had their uh, tap takeover over at uh, Paragon Tap and Table, so I did a flight of a number of their beers. We'll get into that uh, right away. Philosopher Rapper. Uh, was the first one that I tried from the folks at Departed Souls. They were uh, in Jersey City. Uh, nice, nicely done on this one. Sweet, a little fruity, uh, a real nice, easy-drinking beer uh, on the Philosoraptor. So that was definitely uh, a suds for me. Then I moved on to Trust Fun Baby, uh, another one that was uh, kind of fruity, a little bit of spice on the back end of it. If you like your beer with a little bit of spice, and by spice, I don't mean heat. I mean spice as in uh, coriander and other uh, types of spices in the beer. Real nice on the back end on that one from the Trust Fund Baby. Then we moved on to the Nuggy Monster. Uh, great color, very easy drinking. Uh, enjoyed this one as well. Departed Souls has impressed me uh, over the last several months of how good their beers are consistently uh, when you try them. As we continue on here on the Suds and Duds segment on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And then I switched it up a little bit. Actually, no, we'll get to that in a second. Then I had the Red-Headed Step Brewer. Uh, nice, malty type of beer. If you like your beer with malt in it, very good. And nutty. Uh, a nice nutty taste to it. A little bit of, I don't want to say caramel because I really didn't get a caramel out of it, but definitely nutty uh, and, a, and a delicious beer. Kind of a change of pace from a lot of the uh, IPAs and stuff that I normally drink from Departed Souls. So that was a part of a flight that I had of Departed Souls. And then I had the Island Girl, which was another IPA. This one, not very bitter, a hint of sweet. Good stuff. Uh, if you don't like your IPAs too bitter, uh, this is definitely one from Departed Souls that you want to try. Check them out. They're in Jersey City uh, right near, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're right near one of the path stations. So very convenient to get to. And um, they do a great job over there. Uh, Brian Kubaki uh, does a fantastic job with his beers uh, over at Departed Souls. And then to finish off the night on that uh, tap takeover, uh, they had the Cosmonaut on draft from Carton Brewing. And as I wrote on Untapped, and you can follow me on Untapped at Gattulo, uh, I wrote, an imperial stout worthy of Mother Russia. Delicious. And boy, let me tell you something. This is a great, great imperial stout. Uh, Cosmonaut, once again, uh, Augie Carton and the boys over there doing a fantastic job of putting beers together. We're going to talk about another Carton beer as well uh, in this Suds and Duds segment here as we continue on on the Craft Beer Cast, the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And speaking of which... The other Carton beer uh, that I was able to pick up, and this is great. I, listen, I love going to Carton uh, down in Atlantic Highlands to pick up beer, but Carton has been doing a good job of now getting a lot more cans of their beer in other stores. So as I come out of uh, the Holland Tunnel uh, most days after work, uh, there is a, a Byright liquor store uh, right in Jersey City. I mean, literally, it's, it's like a block and a half out of the Lincoln Tunnel. They have a great craft beer selection, and they've done a very good job, I would say, over the last nine to ten months of improving their craft beer selection. Uh, they're refrigerated as well as uh, out warm on the shelves. So they are stocking a lot more local New Jersey beer, which is great. They had Carton Brewing's newest uh, offering from about a week and a half ago, Beach, which is a session ale with orange zest. Uh, nice, light, or- 
to me, it was an okay orange flavor. It wasn't overpowering, very subtle. Um, you tasted it for sure. You smelt it when you when you poured it into the glass, but just wasn't overpowering. Uh, this, to me, is is much better on a warm day than it would be on a cold day. Um, essentially, what is beach? Beach is a boat beer from Carton with a little bit of orange in it. That's exactly how I relate it to. Um, it's delicious. It's definitely good. Uh, if you're looking for something light and easy to drink on a warm day, that is the perfect beer, Beach, from Carton Brewing. Then I had a Wayland White IPA by Coronado Brewing. The good folks at Coronado, they do a great job pumping out beer. This one I happen to find on the shelves, um, if I'm not mistaken, at this same liquor store. And I hadn't had a chance to get it yet from Coronado, so when I saw the six, I said, listen, i got to pick this up. Very good IPA, a nice Belgian forward presence, little bitter, nice fruit taste, uh, a little bit smoother as it warms up. And I normally wouldn't say that about IPAs because I like my IPAs cold because you want that bitterness there. But this one, as you let it warm up a little bit, definitely uh, a better drinking uh, beer as it warms up. So great job uh, by the folks at Coronado Brewing. As we continue on in the Suds and Duds segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, uh, the answer uh, what did we go? What do we have next here? Ah, yes, the other tap takeover. Since we had um, the uh, brewer from uh, Neshaminy Creek, Jeremy Myers, on the program this week, uh, Paragon Tap and Table was doing a Neshaminy Creek tap takeover. And Danielle De Palma, thank you so much uh, for the, uh, the the flight uh, of beer and uh, some of the other stuff from Neshaminy Creek. That was very nice of you. Did not have to do that, but. Uh, but appreciated nonetheless. Had a great time with Danielle on Thursday night. A couple of my friends as well discussing beer, not only in the Chamonix Creek beer, but of course, uh, you know, breweries in general in New Jersey and in New York, and just talking about the overall craft beer business uh, in general. Danielle is a, a wealth of knowledge. She is fantastic. If you go to an event in New Jersey and you see Danielle, you can't miss her. Um, she is uh, always uh, pouring the Chamonix Creek beers uh, in Jersey and going around to the various bars in New Jersey as well, uh, promoting the Chamonix Creek. Talk to her. She is outstanding when it comes to uh, beer knowledge. So, Danielle, thank you very much. But let's uh, let's move on on the flight that I had from Neshaminy Creek to start. A high water half of Ison uh, from Neshaminy Creek. This to me is a lawnmower beer in the best sense of that phrase. Uh, light, refreshing, delicious, perfect on a hot summer day. Uh, th- this is definitely one uh, to pick up. And in fact. I might have to get a couple of these uh, for the U2 concert that's coming up this Wednesday because this is a perfect beer in warm weather and definitely would like to drink uh, a few of those and not feel, you know, weighed down or heavy or bloated or whatever. This is definitely a great lawnmower beer. The High Water, uh, High Water, excuse me, Hefeweizen by Neshaminy Creek. Then uh, moved on to the Automated Pale Ale. Uh, another good one, easy drinking. Um, I would not consider this a dud at all. I, I would definitely drink this one. Uh, a little bit more often, but if I had to choose between the Hefeweizen or the Automated, um, they're not really similar, but I would definitely go with the Hefeweizen before I went with uh, the Automated Pale Then I moved on to the Passive Thought Kolsch, uh, another light fare from uh, Neshaminy Creek. Really nice going down. Um, this was this was really good, and I, I you know I'm starting to find I like Kolsch's a little bit more. Maybe it's because of, of the weather. Uh, maybe it's because I'm trying to drink uh, some lighter beers uh, calorie-wise, but this was definitely uh, a good one from the folks at Neshaminy Creek. As we continue on the Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. To finish off the uh, the flight, and I've had this one before, uh, but I wanted to finish it off with the uh, w- with this, with the Shape of Hops to Come, uh, a solid double IPA. If you're looking for a double IPA with a little bit of punch, 
nice, uh, you know, uh, pine notes, uh, you know, hoppiness. If you're looking for that in cans, this is definitely the one to get, The Shape of Hops to Come uh, by Neshaminy Creek. They did a great job with this one on a double IPA. Uh, they were having some issues with the Tribute Triple, but um, I, I, we eventually got a good pour out of it. And I wanted to save this one for a full glass and not so much uh, as, a, uh, as a flight of beer because this is another one. When you're drinking Belgians, triples, quads, uh, doubles, you want it to be in the glass, in a full glass, and kind of warm up a little bit uh, so you get all that fruit and the balance out of it. Nice and fruity on this one, an excellent triple, not overpowering whatsoever. Uh, a little bit strong, but really, really good, and you really got those fruit tastes out of it. So great job uh, from Neshaminy Creek on the Tribute Triple, and we were able to get the tap working enough so that we could get a pour on that. And then finally, finished off the uh, the beers from Neshaminy Creek with a Leon Russian Imperial Stout. little hint of sweet, not super boozy, very smooth going down, not heavy at all. Now, I didn't find it super boozy. My best friend Mark, though, I tried to get him to try one. He had a little taste of it. He felt it was very boozy. He's not the biggest stout guy in the world. So I think it really depends on uh, your palate. It depends on what you you like. If you like a strong stout that has a little bit of booze to it, uh, this one I just didn't feel like it was was that over. Like, I guess if if I wanted to compare it, Founders KBS, very, very boozy. You really get the bourbon out of it. Um... This one, I just it didn't compare. I felt if if I had to weigh them out, uh, and this is not to you know comparing styles or whatever, but if you're looking for something that wasn't incredibly boozy, this is definitely not one that is uh, super boozy. The Leon Russian Imperial Stout uh, by Neshaminy Creek uh, Brewing, fantastic job again with the tap takeover uh, the other night from Paragon. I mean, again, once again, Paragon does a great job with their uh, their um, tap takeovers. I know that. Uh, their other bar, Morris Tap and Grill, were do- was doing their New Jersey Craft Beer Club night. They had 50 beers on tap. Unbelievable. Couldn't make it there. But Neshaminy Creek, excellent job. And Danielle, again, thank you very much uh, for the beers. And finally, a Stone Enjoy by July 4th, 2017, the Unfiltered IPA. Uh, nice and hoppy. Loved the citrus throughout. And I, my question mark on this one on Untapped was, is that pine on the back end? Because I really got a little bit of a pine taste aftertaste on the on the back end of it and it really was good it was just enough where i was like hmm this is pine like it didn't overpower your palate uh, at the end but the citrus uh flavor in the hops just awesome once again stone does a great job with a lot of their beers and folks can you believe it we are out of time amazing how fast this hour goes my thanks to darren yellen jerry crowley phil boyce Josh Death from Revolution Brewing out of Chicago. Go check those guys out. They're in New York. They're in New Jersey. You can get their beers right now. They make a great IPA as well. Their one is enough. Outstanding. Jeremy Myers at Neshaminy Creek, thank you for your time, sir. Your beers are awesome. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I'll be back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody.